only listen to the ones who really, really want you to succeed. Bring them in closer, rely on them. And that's a big thing for entrepreneurs as well. We like to do things on our own and we like to be very independent and we like to break rules and not need to rely on too many people. So it kind of goes against what how we naturally are and naturally think is to ask for help, reach out to the tribe, know that not one person can be everything. Welcome to episode 176 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Business founders are hardworking, driven people. We commit 100%. But with the burden of small business financial pressures, it can often feel like we have to juggle everything ourselves. However, my guest this week understands how important it is for founders to be part of a tribe and share knowledge in order to support growth. Peter Ellis knows a thing or two about growth. As CEO of River City Labs, the company grew 550% and post-acquisition expanded into three states. Now, as co-founder of Tribe Global and Peak Performance Persona, Peter delivers programs that help business founders to create good personal routines and helps in building healthy business ecosystems, frameworks and infrastructure. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Peter discusses some of the real issues facing founders in tech and business today and the personal and business resources available to help them. She reflects on the most important factors determining business founder success and the power of storytelling in connecting with your tribe. This is Peter's version of Be The Drop. Peter's episode was recorded live at South Start in Adelaide, a convergence of humans, impact and technology, where humans and machines create tomorrow today. I've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Southstar. Fantastic. Peter, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for having me. So we're here in South Start. This is possibly the coolest location it I've is amazing. ever podcasted in. And we'll make sure to share some photos so that listeners can see. But we're in a tent. We're in a bell tent. Not just a tent. We're in a bell tent, which is um, highly desirable for the camper, which I am. And it's never been as glamorous as this. No, this is, yes. And it is inside in air conditioning, which is good because it's 43 degrees it outside. <laughs> it's like a hair, hair dry blowing in your face. Now, Peter, you are joining us all the way from Brisbane. Is yes, that right? All the way from Brisbane. So if you could, if you could get us started by telling us a little bit of a story, if you can, or any sort of moment that stands out for you that really gives us some context about what you're doing now. Wow. Um, What I'm doing now is definitely a showcase and a culmination of all of, I would say, probably the last 10 years of personal learnings. Um, Seven of those years have been building the ecosystem in Brisbane and Queensland, which I got to do through my role at Riverside Labs, where I was the CEO. Um, I wasn't always a CEO. I was just, I was a first hire and um, first employee alongside the founder, Steve Baxter. 
And then we grew out the team and had the ability to scale that operation um, into Sydney and also Melbourne after we got acquired by the Australian Computer Society, which was a really nice progression for me to take it to that level. But before that, I have always had my own businesses. So I've been a founder. I know what it's like to grow things from the ground up. Um, and the learnings that you go through, no one can teach you those things. You learn by doing. And the fact that I now get to share that to others in the early stage ideation phase, right through to scaling up um, and, and taking their companies overseas. Um, so through what I'm doing now, it's a combi combination of working on programs to assist founders to go through that process, to manage themselves, their habits, their routines, their mindset. Plus then on the other side, it's more of the ecosystem builder side through Tribe Global, where we're now working with regions who are at the very beginning of growing an ecosystem and implementing the framework and the architecture from which that community can grow from. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in there. There is. And I think it's so interesting, you know, that, that concept of learning, um, you know, that it really is through experience, but then also through shared experience. So I, you know, completely agree that you it is that learning that you do yourself. But obviously, what you can do is sort of help inject, maybe fast track some of those learnings it by is, your shared and experience. Every, I think the mistake you can make going into a region that's not yours and it's not your community as an advisor or a consultant is. Um, is it tell people what to do and you can't do that. All you can do is share what has worked in other areas and each region or community or ecosystem, no matter what stage you're at, will take on the bits that mean something to them, the things that resonate. They will try things that work and some won't work and that's the best way, I think, to fast track the growth is to share the learnings because we, we never get it right from day one either. We've tried so many different things, so many versions, so many programs, so many different ways of engaging. But what we did do is always work directly with founders. So we've always been a founder first organisation, uh, very much a founder first ecosystem in Queensland. So we have always put uh, startup founders at the forefront of every activity. And that is what made our community and our startup ecosystem in Queensland as a whole, as a state, um, stand out above everybody else or outside is that is because we had an aligned purpose with government, council, regional areas, um, metropolitan, new people coming in. We had one question and that was if we're not doing this for founders, then we, we don't do it. And they ha that has to be at the forefront of all of the decision making. And mm. if we are not creating better entrepreneurs from that activity, then we shouldn't be doing it. And I think if we had that aligned vision and aligned purpose, then it makes it easier to progress forward. You don't waste time doing things that aren't going to shift the dial. Um, and it, it, look, it's worked so far, but um, in saying that, uh, ecosystems are always evolving. And in particular, Queensland's at a new phase of growth. And we've activated, or the state has activated a lot of the regional areas. Now they're going through their own growth phase. And it's now looking at how to support those companies that are at a different stage in their growth. So now it's how do we build those strength, you know, strong ties with international markets to assist those companies to scale quicker and faster and more efficiently rather than having to do all of the legwork themselves. And I'm less as involved in that, let's say, startup working group that's happening in Queensland now and letting a lot of the other new um, people who are coming into this ecosystem have a place and have a role and it's about bringing new people in. And that's the other thing is training up people who can work with the ecosystem, not just run individual spaces or run programs, who's actually got the bigger picture 
at the forefront of their mind and their purpose as well and training up um, a lot of people to do that. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes that happens in this stuff. Yeah. You know, facilitating events and programs, and you do that stuff for free Mm. and you give your time. Mm, Because you're passionate about it, You're passionate about it, but also there is, I mean, I benefit in the long term if amazing entrepreneurs are coming from Australia as a whole, but, you know, primarily Queensland because that's where I'm based. But, yeah, you have to put in a lot of stuff and that it's all the unseen work yeah. that that really um, has a huge impact. And a lot of people are willing to get involved, but if there's not a clear invitation for them and it's not highlighted how they can get involved, it's it's difficult to, to know mm. where to start, how to get involved, how to have an impact. So, yes, it's about opening it up letting everyone know what happens, how to get involved, how you can progress and how you can contribute. Mm. And then it, you know, it, um, everything settles in its place where it should be and people end up doing the right things. It does take time though. It's, you know, we're talking five to 10 year journey to yeah. see any results of the of the hard work that's put in in the beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that saying that business is a marathon, not it's a sprint. A, it is. And, that, you know, there were so many times that, uh, you know, in Queensland we would look and say, I don't, I'm not sure if we're having any impact. You know, even after five years, you sort of hoped that things were moving along and Australia in general is behind, uh, you know, the rest of the world. So our aim was to make it not fall t- too far behind. So we're always going to be in a different position. Plus, we don't have the population here to support a lot of the activities and companies will always look to go overseas just simply because they can scale much faster with with, um, greater populations. But in saying that, we've got so many good opportunities here as well. Mm. We don't always have to be globally facing businesses. There are amazing opportunities. And also, with the situation we have in regional Australia, there is amazing tech and amazing innovation that's happening coming out of regions in ag tech mm. just because they had to innovate to come up with solutions to survive. And that is where some some um, sensational founders are coming from. And, but they're not involved in the ecosystem as we know it. They're not heard, so it's up to us to now you know, to tell their stories, assist them where we can, but let them do their own thing as well, their own way. They're mm. not going to do what we do here in the CBD. Yeah. And so what have been along this journey, some of the best ways to help communicate? You said it's hard for some people to understand what they can access, where they can get support. So how have you found success in helping people understand what is available in, in the communication of what you're doing? Look, it goes, um, it, it, it's, I've, Storytelling is a huge part of it. So sharing stories of other founders, how they got their help, who they reached out to, the way that they did that. Founders love hearing from other founders. Uh, They don't like hearing from consultants or people who feel they haven't understood what it's like to be in their position. And this is why uh, I'm a huge advocate for entrepreneur-led ecosystems because they've been there. It's a trusted source. They're a like-minded person um, and it is coming from a place of wanting to share their knowledge and their experience and we know what it's like. So if we can help somebody, you know, shorten the journey or shorten the time that it takes to get from A to B, then of course we're going to do that for somebody else. We don't want everybody have to, to do the long, long marathons. But every situation is different. I think the key is to, for each regional area, is to tap into the resources that are available. So, you know, various governments have initiatives, um, information, resources, funding sources, access to talent, mentors. It's diff- it's more difficult. You have to dig a bit deeper. However, they are there. And if not, be very vocal about what is needed in your area and push forward because the squeaky wheel 
wins, right? So the ones who make the most noise get heard eventually. It might take a while to get there, but absolutely you've got to be very clear on what you need. So if there are certain areas that are really lacking in some sort of support or more of the the critical mass of people coming and sharing their stories there, a lot of it's about community. They like being around people who have either succeeded or have more experience than them and have a different depth of knowledge sometimes we need to import that talent into those areas or bring the regional people out and bring them to different areas I mean we don't always have to send them overseas we used to run the startup catalyst trips which took um, groups of people from Australia and we immersed them into very um, busy and thriving ecosystems in London um, San Francisco Colorado so that and Israel so that they got to experience what a thriving very busy um, ecosystem looks like to help shift their mindset so that Australians don't always feel in a place of lack and understand we have what we need here we just need to think differently so it's a mindset shift but we can do that here in, in Australia without leaving the country we can take people from regions we can drop them into Sydney we can take them to Melbourne we can bring them to the um, you know Brisbane Adelaide just to understand there is a lot happening, there's a lot of support, you just need to connect the dots. Mm, There is so much going on. And then you've also got your other business, which is Peak Performance Persona. Yes, Peak Persona, Um, Uh, we call it now. So Yeah, Peak Persona. So that's really about the helping the people and you're talking about, you Mm. know, entrepreneur-led and and supporting the founder. So you're taking that to a deeper level. Can you explain that and also share some of the key things that you think are really important? Yeah, so Peak Persona is uh, a program that's been running for almost two years now. There's about 300 plus founders that have been through the program. It has uh, evolved over time. It started off as what we called a 30-day shift, which was embedding different habits over 30 days for founders to um, embed those helpful, useful resources to assist them to create really good routines and it's about putting themselves first, understanding that in a business, the most important thing in that business is them and their well-being in physical um, body and mind and to understand that when the business needs them the most, and this could be five, six, seven years down the track, the thing that the most pressure um, is created at that time of of large-scale, bigger teams, big investment, it requires a lot of the founder. And businesses don't fail because the business is shit. Sometimes they do, but it's usually because the founder can't perform at the level that that the business needs them to. And you need to keep inventing new versions of yourself each time the business goes through a growth phase. So we put so much time and resource into the business and the people and the team and the tech, but we don't invest the same amount of energy, time and resources and tools into ourselves as the founders. So Peak Persona is a great way to start at, you know, ground zero. And we start off with a a basic program called the 14 day shift. And to be honest, it's adulting 101. And we talk about some, some basic things about, you know, basic human needs, which is making sure you're well-fed, well-watered, well-rested. You take time to reflect on how you're feeling, tap in with yourself every now and check in what's going on in my body, what's going on in my mind, how can I best um, engineer the best mood or um, physical state so I can actually go out there and run the daily marathon that's required. When you run a company, it is a massive toll. It takes a huge toll on your body and your mental state and your family and your relationships. And if you don't check in with that regularly, it can, um, you can lose focus and lose track very, very quickly because you become your business. And so many founders 
identity is tied up in their business. We have two things which we call a role and soul profile. Um, and most people tend to just take on the profile of their role, who who they are. I'm the CEO and founder of blah, blah, mm. blah. And that's who I am and that's what I do. And they forget about themselves as the human first. What does that person need? How do you look after them? And then you go and do your role, which is being the founder or the CEO of a company. And um, along the journey, you take your family, friends, partners, close circle of people around you with you, and they're usually the first things to go in this journey, and that's actually who you need down the track. When things get really hard, you need to, you need to better rely on your tribe, and nurturing those relationships needs to happen from the start. You can't just all of a sudden call on them after you've you know, ignored them for three, four years because you've been too busy. It's, it's just reminding them about the basics and holding people accountable. They have to do daily reflection videos, which gets them into the habit of checking in with themselves. And they also form a really nice tribe of like-minded individuals who get it, why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. And you have spoken about this a few times in different iterations. Yes. It is around this community, the tribe, yes. the human connections and, and sharing stories with like-minded people. Exactly. So for you, it, like, is, you know, is that a real priority for success? I've seen as so many founders go through this journey through River City Labs and various other programs that I've been involved with and also my own, I think it is a huge piece um, of the puzzle that, you know, formulates success or determines whether something's going, somebody is going to be successful or not. I'm not saying it is the only way. Of course, you can do it however you want to. But what I have observed is having the right people around you, the ones that um, will give you feedback and opinions and um look out for you and have your best interest at heart and to teach people to stop listening to those who don't have your best interest at the forefront of their mind or their opinion or or judgment and only listen to the ones who really, really want you to succeed. Bring them in closer, rely on them. And that's a big thing for entrepreneurs as well. We like to do things on our own and we like to be very independent and we like to break rules and not need to rely on too many people. So it kind of goes against what how we naturally are and naturally think is to ask for help, reach out to the tribe, know that not one person can be everything. So your your partner, whether it be your co-founder or your life partner, if you have one or your close, you know, family and friends, they can't play all of those roles that you need in your micro tribe. Mm. Essentially, you need someone who's going to be an amazing mentor, who can see your potential beyond what you can see and they know how to push you and challenge you and drive you in that direction. But then you need the nice soft landing pad of your, either your friends and family who don't really care if you're successful or not. They couldn't give a shit what you're building. They just like you mm. and they want to share your time and they want to see you and they want you to show up when you spend time with them. And that's like the warm blanket. You know, you need the, you need that. On those days when you don't want to think about your business anymore, you need to go to those people and, sh- you know, spend time. It, it fills up your cup. Um, and then you've got other people who will, um, you know, come across your path at different times and you have no idea why you've met that person. But randomly, as life happens, you know, doors open, opportunities come along and it's about taking action when they happen, listening to the signs and being open to being led into different pathways or being open to shifting and changing sometimes the pathway that you think you're on and it might change significantly. So having these key people in your life is really important. Um, And to also 
keep you in check because there's people around you who will know you and they'll see you on this journey and they'll say, hey, Peter, you know, are you okay? I can see you doing this, this and this. And if they've seen you for years, they know that that's an odd behaviour. Mm. Or if they know you, they know that's a very normal behaviour. Whereas if new people in your circle might not be able to identify some of those changes and also we do get very, you know, wound up in the, the next raise or the this or the that or the new product launch and you forget some of those other things that um, are really important in life. So you, you've got to also have people to call out your bullshit sometimes because yeah. <laughs> you can get really stuck in your head yeah. and just bring you back down to earth. This is where we are and to check in. Fantastic. Well, in conclusion, Peter, could you share with me your be the drop tip? So that would be your top tip to communicate in a way or tell your story in a way that motivates and inspires others. You know what? I think my biggest tip is, and this is something that I've learned only in the last year, um, and that is being 100% honest with what you really want. Because we often say what we think we should be saying when someone says, what do you really want out of this? Because it's very scary to admit what you really do want. So you, you can be wildly successful or be, um, you know, very wealthy. And if that's actually what you want, you have to learn to be okay with that. Because what, like I was talking, that your micro tribe around you, unless they know what you really want and why you're doing what you're doing, nobody can actually help you get any closer to that goal. So sometimes we say what our goal is or they think or we think, you know, we, we funnel it through a business goal, but we don't really know what that personal goal is, which makes it really difficult for people to help you. If you don't know, if you can't verbalise what it is you're chasing, mm. you can't empower those around you to help you get there as well. But yeah. it's scary sometimes to admit that. And look, we have this big problem with women in tech, uh, women in business even. Tall poppy syndrome is a big problem. It's very difficult to stand there and go, I want to be super successful. I want to have, you know, nice things and this is what I'm chasing because in our heads, as soon as we say that, all the judgments come in on what we think other people are going to think about that. And often that's the biggest barrier to anyone starting is because it's scary to admit what you really want and then chase after it. Mm, so be honest with yourself. Be honest. Be honest and, and then, others. Yep. And then let everyone know what it is you actually want. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. 